Hi, and welcome to the Swan Effect Mums Coffee and Chat podcast. This week, I'm joined by Louise, and we're going to be talking about pregnancies and emergency C-sections during the global pandemic. So I have had exactly the same thing happen to me um, in 2020. Yours was just in 2021 in January. So we've got a lot in common. And that's how we met on Instagram was, well, no, we met before you had Amelia. You did, yeah. I said, said, um... Yeah, as soon as you said what happened, I was like, oh, because I knew how hard it is in hospital and how things, you know, the restrictions and everything. So, yeah, as I said, we met on Instagram on in November 2020. I looked back to check. So it's not that long, really, to be fair. No, it feels like it's been longer because yeah. we talk quite a lot. So. And it's weird because it's so nice. like, you know, you meet a lot of people and lots of people add you and everything. And I don't generally remember who made the first move. No, I don't. <laughs> Who's the M's first? But <laughs> so um, where do you live and who do you live with? So I live in Cumbria uh, on the West Coast and I live with my husband, Paul, and my daughter. Lovely. And oh, that was it. This is what I was going to ask you. So how did you feel when you found out you were pregnant and what month was it? So was it during the pandemic? And so I it... found out I was sorry. Well, no, it's OK. I was just I'll ask the other bits afterwards. Go on, you tell me that. No, um, I found out that I was pregnant on VE Day last year. <laughs> So well within that yeah you were deep into the pandemic, we were we were we? a month into lockdown well just just yeah three weeks into sort of the lockdown but we were into the pandemic um she had been planned we we sort of we, we knew that we got married in november 2019 and we knew that we wanted to start a family so um she was planned in that respect but i don't know it was kind of it didn't really hit what we'd done in terms of like we're pregnant in a pandemic because we'd never seen obviously our generation we've never seen anything like this obviously where there was a pandemic in 1960 no it's crazy and we've never experienced anything like this so there was me sort of remembering SARS bird flu that kind of thing and thinking it'll be fine it's it's not gonna you know it'll go within a a couple of months and everything will be fine and then obviously it just started snowballing didn't it and it was (laughs) it was VE day and um <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd cut back on my on on alcohol while we were trying obviously I mean not that I was crazy in the first place but um we'd cut back and we were sat in the garden and I had a really nice bottle of wine in the fridge especially for VE day and I said to Paul I'm gonna go and open my wine and I remember him saying you should probably check first you know just just in case and I was like nah I'm fine I'd had no so symptoms or nothing you're not a few days nope. late by then no no, I'd, uh, to be fair, I was due, I think. Um, and I was like maybe one day late and I was like, eh, my, like I'm quite all over the shop anyway. Yeah. So that wasn't a big thing for me. <laughs> and I only had those really cheap, like la- just the line ones that come up. Yeah. Um, you know what? I swear by them because I know people that spend a fortune. And when I first tried to get pregnant, I was mm. spending a fortune. And someone said, yeah, the ones in Poundland, they're the same. They can't sell dodgy pregnancy tests. They're exactly exactly. The same. So, yeah. So that was what I used and, you know, went, went and did my test. And then I put it on the side and I was like pottering around. The Vera Lynn is drifting in through the open windows and all the rest of it. And then I looked at this test and I was like, hang on a minute, that's a line. And then I shouted himself and I was like, is that a line? He's like, I think so. And it was 25 to 4 on, obviously it's a bank holiday if he did. And it was hot that day, I remember. It was hot. And I had to to leg it down to Tesco (laughs) to go and get a clear blue test because we didn't know. Yeah. We weren't sure. And then it obviously came up with that. And I remember sitting in the garden and I was like, oh, my God. But yeah, so it was super early on. But and then obviously it all kind of snowballed from there. And I was like, oh, no, this is this is going to be harder than we thought it was going to be. That's it. I was going to ask you, wasn't I? Were you worried about having a baby during a pandemic? But I suppose uh, 
it, we're, I'm only asking out now because it's a year on and I know mm. how it's been. I suppose at the time I found out that the day that Doris, eh, Doris, that's what I call it, Boris, sorry. <laughs> Boris said pregnant women have to stay in, you know, mm. like self-isolate. And I was eight weeks and I went, I, I don't want to tell people I'm pregnant. Like I okay. just had it. I didn't like telling people until I was 12 weeks, but obviously I had to. Um, didn't really think much about it. Phil had what we thought was six weeks off for great holidays, you know. He stayed on the field, and I thought this is going to be wonderful. And then I told everybody because I had to, and I, I, yeah, I just didn't know what was ahead. But as time went on, it was horrific. I, I just was getting more and more. The film went back to work after six weeks. It just wasn't fun anymore. The novelty had worn yeah. off. Yeah, it wasn't great. So, how that was your it. pregnancy in general? Rather than me having all about myself. No, not at all. No, it was it was pretty sort of straightforward. Um, I was sort of slightly higher risk because I've got joint hypermobility syndrome. So what's is, that then if people don't know what that is? So it's basically um people kind of look at it as an extreme double jointedness, but it basically means my limbs overextend so my bones can bend, but the ligaments and joints that join them all together are prone to strains and it's like you know it's strain injuries and things like that yeah. so it is what it is you know you, you manage it on, on top of as you are but I also have like my mum wasn't very well a few years ago and she'd had blood clot so that obviously pushes you higher up on the register as well things like that so they, I was advised to shield or and to work from home for pretty much straight away which is what I did and then yeah it was in terms of the actual pregnancy it was relatively straightforward we only had a couple of like we, we went in once for reduced movement things like that we didn't kind of have any major issues but it was mainly the sort of being in the pandemic that was the thing because yeah. no antenatal classes no you know no groups um no swimming classes for mums like gyms exercise that all went out of the window and it became a very i mean like you say the novelty wore off very very quickly it was yeah. just you didn't go anywhere you didn't see anything or anyone i've got to admit yeah I think, funny enough to talk about the E-Day, I think that was a really hot day. I put banners up in the garden, just the three of us, and we had a lovely day. I think, yeah, I think that was the last fun memory I had, really, of that summer, because I think that was when, after that, not long after that, Phil went back to work, and it was like bad news after bad news after bad news. Yeah. It was just, you know, so I can imagine if that's when you started, you're like, yay, you know, we're having a baby, and then it would kick in. Because the next question I was going to ask you was, do you feel like you missed out a lot on the special pregnancy milestones because of the pandemic? So you just said you did. Yeah. So antenatal classes, I, I wasn't ever going to do that because I did it with my firstborn. So what was anything, so anyone that's pregnant now that's listening, mm. what is available? What If it wasn't available via your midwives, you know, advice or anything, did you go out mm. and look for things online? And was there anything? I did, you yeah. Know, give people some advice if they're pregnant now. I found Baby Academy on Instagram. And I did an online, a free online class with them. And I just read as much as I possibly could. So what's different the Baby places. Academy? What, was, what did they provide? That was, uh, that was an Instagram company. And I think they're, they're run by midwives. So they had a free online class that was about two hours long. So that covered ba- basic baby care. So things like the cord care when they first come home, yeah. where baby should be sleeping, where, how, like the bath, things like that. And that was really good. That was free. So the um, things that you the, really need to know, really, isn't it? Yeah, the, the really essential stuff. And then I'm, I'm a reader. I'm not very good with technology. Right. So, I mean, this Zoom is about as complicated as I get. because doing very well, is just... very well, very well. <laughs> but yeah, and then the rest of it was just books. I read a really useful book called, oh, this is where I'm not going to be able to remember what it's called, Expecting Better. 
and I can't right. remember who it's by, Google but it, it was really, yeah, we have to have a look on Google, it's there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but that was really practical because that had statistics, which I like. I'm, I'm quite a, a like statistic person, terrible at maths, like statistics. And that was really helpful with things, like, especially things like food, because there, there's a, especially in pregnancy, you sort of get told you can't have anything at all. Everything is not allowed. And then you, but then what's even worse is mm. your mother or your aunties or, you know, people that are like, say, 60 plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We about, I had that when I was pregnant with you. Oh, I smoked when I was pregnant with you. Oh, I had prawns. Yeah. I had raw eggs. I had this. I had that. Nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, well, do you know what, mum? There must have been some things wrong with some babies of my generation because it's not allowed now. And yeah. you know, I suppose to t- not to take that risk, they just say, don't have it at all. Yeah. Pate, I missed. I missed pate. I, yeah, I didn't have any pate. I did, basically, though, I was quite relaxed about it. My the, the way I figured and the thing that I kind of took from this book was that if it's on the NHS list to not have, it's yeah. because it could make you sick. I was looking at things like brie. I have never been sick from eating brie ever. And most brie now is pasteurized. So I was like, if it's pasteurized and it's heated through, I will have brie. And yeah, that was what I, I did. Actually. The only things that I definitely did have were steak because I have mine rare me too yeah I didn't have alcohol and I didn't have blue cheese sauce with my steak oh two seconds I think she's we had a moment we'll take a break then Uh, okay if that's all right I'll just see if I can settle her I'll be two minutes no problem at all Okay, we're back. We're back. So, (laughs) imagine a child while the recording was on pause. But just, just put it this way: I wouldn't be able to put this on YouTube if she had done it. Definitely not. Oh dear. (laughs) So yeah, the baby shower. Did you have a baby shower at all? I had a surprise baby shower, which was done virtually. um, Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really, really lovely. So, um, my my husband and I was like I said, live in Cumbria. I'm Northumbrian, born and bred, and he's from Birmingham. Um, so obviously I've got friends in the area that I live with, that I live in, um, but obviously we couldn't meet anyone. Nobody was allowed to come anywhere. And obviously all my friends from home and all that kind of stuff. And one of my friends had, um, she'd, <laughs> again, terrible with technology. So she was asking me if I'd ever used Facebook rooms or something. I was like, oh, no. And she's like, oh, I'd like to give it a go. I'm like, all right, okay. And then um, everyone just kind of popped up and it was really, really lovely. Oh, I had, so nice. It was, it was lush. I had no makeup on. I had my hair in a big You're pregnant and you're allowed to. And the most disgusting cardigan you've ever seen in your life. But uh, it was lovely. So yeah, I had a surprise home, baby so you shower. You can always quickly go and get dressed. That's what I think, if you're not happy. To be fair, as my closest friends, I was just like, ah, yeah, it's fine. You've exactly, all seen it. No, exactly. We were I'm good. Really I'm definitely lucky. Lucky. It planned out really well because I had Ronnie in October. So I think I, I decided because the first time someone threw and two friends threw me a baby shower and it was a big affair. And I'd had such a rubbish year and I was really getting quite down. I think everyone was getting a bit worried about me because I've lost my dad and my pregnancy was going yeah. through life. So I said, Oh look, I think I might have something in my garden, you know, in September because it'll be warm. We'll just do a bit of a buffet and you know it'll be fine. And we did because we could sit outside in the garden and everyone was distanced themselves because it's quite a big garden. Um, and it was lovely. It was nothing like my first. It was a very chilled affair, but everyone was so happy just to be with other people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Lovely. 
No, that sounds lovely. And I mean, I, just, my yeah, I think all this December, I'm taking it, yeah, because you were winter. Yes, yeah. It was, so you couldn't yeah, do that really, December. could you? No. <laughs> no, it would have been a little bit, a little bit on the chilly side. I mean, I, there's a there's a saying which is um, there's no such thing as as bad weather, only bad clothing. But I think in Cumbria, even that will be pushing it. It's <laughs> wet there, isn't it? Isn't it always wet? Yeah, very wet. Well, not always, but quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought in September it was warm. I don't know. I don't, probably wouldn't have bothered if I was like you and having a baby in January. But I thought I saw an opportunity and went with it and. You know, yeah. that's why I advise anybody that's pregnant now. Um, Definitely. God knows how long this is going to go on for. I mean, I don't think lockdown will go on forever, but I think there'll definitely be restrict- uh, restrictions. Yeah, restrictions. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I agree. I think we're, we're looking at long-term, potentially long-term yeah. um, movement restrictions on us and stuff like that. So if you can have an opportunity to get together with people, do it. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, look, look what happened at Christmas last year. Yeah. I mean that was that was horrible because yeah, we horrible. I had planned for my family to come over because I, I my due um not my due date my um full I, t- I turned full term thirty seven weeks on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, there was any time so after that, isn't it? Literally any time after that, and the yeah. the awful thing was as well, I'd convinced myself that this baby was coming early because. I'd started getting loads and loads of signs really early on, um, just the, the way she was sitting and everything else and all these aches and pains and everything. I was like, this baby's definitely coming early. And then of course she was a week over. Yeah. It's always so, the way, always the way. Oh, but you know, my family were going to come over from Northumberland. And then when the restrictions were changed, um, it meant that it, it just wasn't possible for them because it would have been a five hour round trip, which, you know, just, it wasn't feasible. Um, it's you know, it is. It? All the fa- it's not, yeah. we're pregnant. We're holding, we're carrying the babies. We're, you know, we yeah. get to bond with that baby but partners and family and I feel like they've missed out on Ronnie so much you know my yeah. daughter they've missed out on so much already yeah and that's yeah. I mean one of my friends was saying that you know by the time she sees me next that I will have had an entire pregnancy and my baby will probably be five months old by yeah. the time I get to to meet them and oh, I mean that just my blows my mind yeah yeah I, like I was saying before, just going back to, I was eight weeks pregnant, so nobody knew I was pregnant when the lockdown started. Excuse me. <laughs> um, and I, I thought, well, okay, a little bit of my pregnancy is going to be during lockdown. Mm-hmm. Then it was getting closer and closer, and I was like, wow, okay, I think my baby's actually going to be born during the pandemic now. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, okay, by Christmas, she was born in October, by Christmas it'll be fine. Yeah. I get to have that fourth trimester with my daughter. And um sorry, I've got I've got a bit I feel like I'm choking a bit. It's cold. I'm really sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's okay. I'll have a swig of wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and then it's now getting to the point where I was walking today and I thought she's nearly six months and I'm due back in work in six months. Mm. And I was like, I might actually have to spend the whole of my maternity leave on lockdown as well that's that's happened to women I know and maternity leave the whole of my maternity leave you know and I'm very lucky to have 12 months but Mm. it's like wow that's really sad and we never thought that would happen but no baby out of it she's beautiful she's healthy and I'm very that's it and I mean we're quite grateful that she's not going to remember this we will we'll we'll always remember it and think oh god wasn't that awful but they won't they won't so 
they're always they're babies, yeah. going to be referred to as COVID babies. I quite they really like are. that. Like it, it's a conversation starter for sure, isn't it? When they're all definitely. Oh god, yeah. So I was mm. going to ask you about her. So she mm. made her appearance in January this year. She did yeah. So how did it go? <laughs> oh, it all went a bit wrong. <laughs> You know what? Very rarely do I hear a mother going, Oh, it was a perfect labor. I was in labor, yeah. gave birth, pushed five times, and the baby was out. Like, I never hear that story. So, tell me, how did it go from, Oh, I think it's starting to, so, Oh, I'm on, on the table, opening up? Yeah. Um, so, she, my waters went at about just after midnight on the morning of the 21st of January. I was dead excited. Um, obviously did the usual like nudge the husband and it was like that michael scott gift like it's happening it's, it's happening, happening. Yeah. <laughs> and uh he was like what, what do you mean it's happening and yeah all of that fun and then uh after the initial like 10 minutes of oh he was like, i was like well, what, what do we do and he was like i don't know <laughs> but everyone's just like what do we do now um so i phoned the hospital and some of my waters have gone and they were like well, are you sure and i was like oh, yeah sure because <laughs> I, I didn't realize this at the time but apparently some some women their waters kind of go and it's quite a slow thing mine wasn't mine was definitely that is definitely what's going on from the hospital and they basically said all right okay see how you get on um and and let us know kind of thing so i was like okay um everything that i'd read was like you know you'll probably start off really slow and you'll have lots of time you can have a bath and you can chill out so that was what I did I mean four o'clock in the morning I was in the bath my contractions were a bit all over the the spot but I was like it wasn't anything too sort of agonizing um got to about eight o'clock nine o'clock in the morning and I called them back and I was like I'm still a bit all over the shop I'm managing at home and at that point one of the midwives said oh you'll you'll need to come in 12 to 18 hours after your waters have gone because there's an increased risk of infection I was like okay and we got to midday and it was still a bit everywhere. So I called them back again and I'm like, I'm really sorry, it's me again. Um, what do I do? And they were like, well, you you should come in really and, and get checked. So at that point, I'd mentioned that my plan was for a water birth um, just to sort of take. I didn't want to be kind of flat on my back and or like cramped up and all the rest of it. Um, so I went in and we were really lucky because as with a lot of women during the pandemic um i was told that if i was less than four centimeters dilated they were going to send me home um and that if you know that wouldn't my partner wouldn't be able to stay and if i was like more than four then it would be fine so we got into hospital and around three o'clock in the afternoon we'd had this internal exam and i was literally one centimeter so bearing in mind i've been laboring now for about 13 hours wow um i was like yeah this is unusual um and then uh, they let me stay because they said look you can either go or you can stay and I don't know why I just felt a bit weird about the whole thing so I said if it's all right with you I'll stay and then because we couldn't leave the room I propped open the bathroom door and I walked 4.4 kilometers over the next sort of four or five hours yeah and walked Mm. because I just I had to keep moving because I Why, just do you didn't think know. that was stress or like like an anxiety thing or I think so. It was a bit of both. I was, I was so sick of being pregnant by that point. I mean, I know it's awful. Some women really love pregnancy. I didn't. Um, I just did not like being pregnant. Yeah. First time I did. Second time, no. No, I, it just didn't. The whole thing. 
was yeah. just like I felt sick and I just was felt uncomfortable and the whole thing so I was like right let's just let's just go Louise I love so, the saying that because I think that's the problem is that people you think that you have to love it oh. and it do you know what there's a baby inside of you it's beautiful it's amazing yeah. um but every single woman has a different story and a different I know one girl, I'm not going to mention her name, she's been trying, bless her, for years to get pregnant. And she is suffering from that severe sickness thing that Prince, uh, you know. Hypomerosis uh, gravidarium. Thank you very much. It sounds like you just yeah. sneezed, but yeah, whatever you just said, <laughs> that is it. Um, yeah. And she is feeling rotten. It's, it's just a process that the woman has to go through to get the baby. It's, it's not always going to be magical. It's not always going to be like a fairy tale. It's something that needs to be done for reproduction. We get pregnant, we give birth. We get pregnant, we That's give it. birth. And it's like, if we're lucky, we get a good one. If we're not, yeah. we don't. You know, and I've had both now. Exactly. And it doesn't yeah. mean you love your child any less. I mean, what type of pregnancy you get? No. You're giving the cards you're dead, dealt with, aren't you? You know? That's so, it. Yeah. I mean, it's this bizarre feeling of like, you 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 absolutely adore the bones of them. You never even met them, but you know that you would do absolutely anything for this baby. But oh, it doesn't mean you're enjoying what's like happening. Yeah. <laughs> but when they examined me again, I was still only a centimeter. Oh, <gasps> that's so similar <laughs> to mine. I was two centimeters, and I went to six. Mm. That was seventy-two hours after started. It was just oh god. Yeah, yeah it was a long well, time. Yeah. I, ne- I never got to four. I think I got to three and a half. But what had happened was after the walking and we realised that I wasn't going any further, they put me on the drip, on the induction drip. Yeah. Hands down the worst six hours of my life. Oh, really? So, I've never had that. So why was that? Just, it, it, it did what it was meant to do, but my body just wasn't progressing. So I was contracting regularly um, and full on big oh, contractions. I see you having the pains, but for no result. But for, yeah, and that was exactly it. And I was on the gas and air, but I've got quite a good pain tolerance yeah, and I'm not very good at recognizing when I'm in pain. So what was happening was, was my contraction was starting and I was just kind of sat there thinking, oh, is that, is that? And then by the time I'd got on the gas and air, I'd missed it. So I kept on like wow. basically being off my face on gas and air at the end of the contraction. So my, no, there was a nightmare. Exactly. <laughs> my husband, thank God, my husband, thank God, he was an absolute like angel. Yeah. He got really good at reading the monitor, and he spotted when they were starting, and he was like, "Get on it, get on it now!" So it got a bit better once we'd worked that out. But the, honestly, it was horrendous. And after six hours of it, they basically the midwife said to me, "Look, do you want do you want an epidural?" And I'd written. In my birth plan, underneath what kind of pain relief would you like? I'm not a hero. And that was all I did. Yeah, me neither. Uh-huh. No, um, that epidural was amazing. Like, I know but there's a lot of fear. Point, did you know at that point that the water birth was out of the question then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, 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 I'd looked at it. I'd looked at my, my options and the contingencies and just thought, nah, this is not happening. It's yeah. This is going to be a, what we're doing. So it wasn't sort of, I didn't have a moment where I was like, oh, I didn't kind of get upset about it. I just thought we've just got to do what we've got to do here. It's like um, a dream. And then mm, the next stage is like, okay, epidural means I'm, I'm going to have to lie down and do it. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that was my kind of thing, but I didn't even get that far because I was so exhausted by this point because we were now, so my waters had gone mid just after midnight on the 21st. We were now at six o'clock in the morning on the 22nd. Yeah. So this had obviously been going on a really long time. And the anesthetist came in 
and God love him, put in the epidural and I basically passed out. It was just such a relief that I wasn't yeah. in pain anymore. Oh, I fell asleep. Yeah. And I do remember Paul very dimly somewhere in the back of my brain saying to the anaesthetist, there's no point in trying to explain anything to her. Look, she's gone. She's gone. And I woke up about three hours later <laughs> and just turned around to the midwife and went, I feel wonderful. When do we start pushing? <laughs> Is it, do you know what? Sorry, everybody. But um, if you're against epidurals, I'm really, really sorry. But I am Don't be. such an advocate for it. I thought it was the best thing since sliced Same. Oh, Same. So anybody, yeah, anybody that's watching, it. get it done. Honestly, yeah. If you if you're worried about it, don't be because exactly. it was the oh, it was the best thing ever. And mm-hmm. I mean, the thing was, is I I'd, I'd said on my birth plan as well, happy to have students. Everyone's got to learn yeah, at some point, too. haven't yeah, they? So yeah. So they sent me all the students. <laughs> I yeah. had student, uh, I had student surgeons sticking their head around the door, going, "Are you having a natural birth?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> little did we know yeah and I was they were like oh can we come in I'm like yes everyone can you mind it's just fine everyone come in just totally not bothered and this was while I was still on the epidural and then now the weird thing is I've got big memory gaps not really sure why I know I had, I had a morphine injection at one point as well exhaustion, so it could be that exhaustion pain it's mm. pain management it ignores certain things it, yeah I've got yeah oh in in my head I was told that they'd basically see how I got on with the epidural and you know we'd we'd have a look and see what was what but I know when I got examined again I'd, I'd literally gone to and bearing in mind this my, I was still on the drip so my body's still doing all the contracting yeah and I, I was at three centimeters it was just bonkers and then one of the student midwives did an exam and she looked at her colleague and went something's not right and straight away your heart just drops and she went I'm not I'm not sure what it is but I know there's something not right so then the midwife came in and did her exam and basically what the, what the student had realized was that Amelia's frenulum the the soft gap on the top of her head instead of facing this way it was sideways and Ooh. that was the point that they realized that she was side on so we'd gone through all of that <laughs> and she was oh my watch is talking to me. she she was never coming naturally it was always going to end up being yeah. a c-section i mean they did turn around and say look we could leave you on the drip and and kind of see what happens but we can't leave it for too long because she's either going to need to be manually turned we didn't know she was a she at this point you know or what was or that decision like? so you, you just basically you thinking whatever at, at this, do, at this point it. it was just yeah that yeah. was exactly where we were at. I mean my husband and I looked at each other and they said oh we'll leave you to have a discussion and I remember looking at him going I don't even think we need to talk about this and he just he shook his head he went no we don't and we said it's the c-section fine let's just go for it and within and I think it was within an hour of that I was on the theater table that was that because while she was okay her heart rate had been pretty much consistent throughout a couple of little weird bits and bobs my blood pressure had tanked and then it had gone up again and then it tanked again and I think it was just sheer exhaustion yeah and I, I wasn't in a position to wait any longer I had to get her out basically so and then she arrived and and that oh. as they say is that <laughs> it's funny isn't Which it because I think when for me I one of my bugbears is that antenatal classes and things and they'll say sometimes it doesn't always go to plan you might have a c-section and then they just stop they don't uh-huh. talk about the aftermath and no. the first C-section was horrific for me, like traumatic, mm. horrific, not physically, like I, like you, I, I live with a lot of pain, I'm always ill, like I'm now, I'm sorry, I've got a cold, um, it'll probably turn into sinusitis, I'm always ill of some sort, I've, mm. got, I've got quite a good pain threshold as well, but mentally, I don't think I was prepared 
for the I shock of it. Um, like you just explained now, they you phone them up, oh, I think I'm started. And they go, oh, just come in when it's a bit better. You know, when you're a bit quicker. Oh. Then you go in and they go, don't worry, you're only three. They're just so relaxed when you give them birth yeah. naturally. But when it comes to an emergency C-section, so you've had that for hours, sometimes days yeah. like me. Then for some reason, you see them looking at each other with those eyes, talking to each other, they're not saying out loud. You know the baby's in trouble, or you're in trouble, or both of you are in trouble. And then it's like, we just need to get you um, prepped up for a theatre. You go, okay, fine. And you're so exhausted, you don't think to ask a lot of questions. Like you said, you just go into flight or fight, baby's got to be fine, do whatever you need to do. And then next thing you know, you're on the table, you're being opened up, the baby comes out, blah, blah. Mine was a bit more traumatic in the sense that Fionn wasn't breathing when she was born. But yeah, afterwards, you're lying there and they're like, you just need to rest. It's going to take a few days for, you know, to recover. Like, you know, be careful when you're standing up and everything tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. I just felt like mm. there wasn't much care. And I didn't know what the hell was going on with a C-section. Mm. And I think a lot of women I speak to on Instagram as well, especially if they weren't planned C-sections, they're in so much shock after having a C-section physically and mentally and um just seems yeah. really wrong that, that it seems to be missing something somewhere in the NHS that they're not getting the help afterwards I think I, t- I completely agree I think me I do quite a physical job I'm quite robust as a person anyway and I felt really off well now now thinking about it I should have stayed in for longer than I did but I was so desperate to get back on my feet and just really? do it and just get oh yeah so she arrived at four in the afternoon on the 22nd and I was asking to go home by 10 o'clock the next morning wow. um, and I was up and I was on my feet by midday and I was gone by, I wasn't even in the hospital for 24 hours after she was born. So, however, looking back at it, I probably should have stayed in a little bit longer. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got home and obviously it's major, it's major surgery and all of that, because your body's had a section as well, like your milk doesn't come in, none of that happens. Now I was really, really lucky in that we were able to, form, we formed a childcare bubble with my parents, basically, and my mum, and she came, and they, they came over, and thank goodness they did, because that first 48 hours after coming home was really full on, really full on. And because my blood pressure had been all over the shop, I'd been given some some stuff called Clexane, which you've got to self-inject. It's basically a thinner that stops your blood uh, clotting up too much. And I think it was the second night that we were home. I woke up absolutely drenched in sweat. I couldn't breathe. I felt like there was someone sitting on my chest in my head. I was like, I'm, I'm in respiratory failure. That's what's happened. I'm in respiratory failure. I remember batting my husband awake and saying, get my mum. Uh, my mum's a nurse and she came running in and I remember trying to sit up and I couldn't because obviously you C-sections there and you can't sit up and I, I was saying to her I think I think I'm having a pulmonary embolism and I bless her she kind of checked me over had a look at me and she went I think I think you're panicking and exactly what you were saying it, the sheer trauma and I was having a full-blown panic attack that had started when I was asleep and I woke up just it was horrendous and that went on for a couple of weeks um, and a little bit longer every now and then I'd just wake up absolutely past myself and it's the trauma of of that happening when you're not expecting it and especially when you're not, not prepared for it so I think that's it I think I, I, I for both times I was in hospital for a week each time mm. and I hated it but at the same time I, it gave me a chance to recover finish on that note we'll have a quick break I need to refill my wine glass and then and um, we'll get back to it okay no problem that sounds Lovely. good to me thank you 
okay, we're back. How have you found the fourth trimester during the lockdown? You know, so you've had the baby, you've come home, but we're mm. still in lockdown. So how have you found that? It's been um, it's been an interesting one because when obviously you first you first come home, you still have a lot to do with your midwives and all of that kind of stuff. With with Amelia, what we had was shoot this child. Honestly, nothing was simple. First of all, we had that she was a week overdue, and then we had her cord. I think took seventeen days to come off which to me was just a ridiculous length of time. <laughs> but we also had, um, so if there's any mums out there expecting girls or that have girls and they're still in the early days, they get sort of a mini period. So I don't know whether your two have had this. Um, some girls do, some girls don't, yeah. but basically they get a little bit of blood in the nappy and it's basically like a mini period. It's the hormones phasing oh, okay. out because obviously they're share- sharing hormones. Normally just a little bit. Amelia didn't have a little bit. She had quite a lot. To the point where the I was looking at this nappy and thinking there's something really uh, not right here. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. And we ended up having to go back into hospital. Um, just briefly, it was only for like it ended up only being a few hours because we went for a checkup. I don't remember which one it was. Six week, maybe eight week. Not sure. One of them. And showing the midwife, and she was like, "I've never seen that before." And again, your heart just drops out because yeah. you think, "Oh my god." But you know, I, I knew that girls did have that. So to me, I was quite sort of laid back about it. Everything else was fine. Wet and dirty nappies was fine. She was feeding fine. Temperature was fine. Heart rate, breathing, everything else is fine. And it was just this nappy, and I was like, "But there's something wrong." And we ended up back in um, so that she could have that examined. And the support was great. The midwives were fab. They were always on the end of the phone. And then I switched to my health visitor, who was lovely, really nice lady. Again, uh, just a phone call away. But already, and bearing in mind that Amelia's only eight weeks old, um, I'm signed off with with the health visitor until, I say signed off, but she won't be coming again until she's four months old. Yeah, so, you know, and I mean, I have had to contact her because uh, Amelia came up in a, in a rash, um, which I was like, what is this? It's on every every new thing. You can go from being completely normal, sentient human being to like the tiniest thing being wrong and your brain just goes boof and you panic. I feel like they prepare you so much for everything that can happen in a pregnancy, but they don't. I suppose mm. they couldn't. I suppose... They couldn't write about every eventuality no. of a baby after no. postpartum. They couldn't. I think for me, because I don't know whether it was the second time around, it just feels like I'm not getting the health visitor support much. Maybe it's because yeah. I've had one and they think, well, you've already done been there once before, blah, blah. But mm. I suppose what we were talking about is when you have a baby with pre-lockdown days, mm. yes, you wouldn't see the health visitor now for a long period of time. And it's scary. You think, but at the same time, you're meeting up with other mums with babies. You're meeting up with mums with. I was just going to say that. And you're yeah. meeting up with your mum, your, your mother-in-law, if you have one, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they go, "Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. That's because she's had too much milk today." Or, "Oh no, that's fine. You just need to change a nappy more." Oh no, that's fine. She just needs some water. No, no, you know. And they, they, they're these women, experienced women, are the ones that give you advice. And that's yeah. the thing with lockdown is. Yes, one you're not getting that. So I'm a lot more, I know a lot more than I did the first time. And I suppose mm-hmm. for you being a first time mum during lockdown, I, I, yeah, I would be mm-hmm. a bag of nerves because mm-hmm. you relied so much on these women, these amazing yeah. mums that have been there, done that warm t shirt as well. I mean, I, I'm really lucky. I've got um, some really close friends from home and we're, we're in. Um constant contact so yeah. I, I mean at least with things like this rash I was able to I fired that straight over it to just, them and I was like yeah. what is this and they were like mm, it looks like it could be a bit of an allergy rash it could be something else so it, it's just like it's that thing it's that support system of being able to go to like a mum and baby group and sit there and go is this is your child doing this and then somebody yeah. else goes, yeah that's totally fine 
Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't have that system in place. However, I did do um, online baby sensory classes, which were great because um, I'd been recommended them by, by one of my friends who was up in Glasgow. And I actually ended up joining the Western Bartonshire baby sensory group. Because oh. um, it was all on Zoom. Yeah, so I was like, oh, great. And it was fantastic. It was so helpful um, just to be, and it was have, it was knowing that like Friday come 2 p.m., I was interacting with with people mm-hmm. and we could do an online thing. And it was, that was really nice. So yeah, that's another big recommendation if you can find one is if you can find an online Zoom class, yeah. it's fantastic because you can just talk to people, have a, have, in, I mean, I say talk to people. I mean, you know, you're mainly just listening to the instructor and, and doing what you need to do. And this lady was called Jodie and she was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you just get in that kind of, you know that there's someone there and at the end of the class you can stick around let's think about the pros of it as well rather than just all Mm. the negatives there is a lady i know who does mini first aid courses and they're always really important they're always classroom based so Mm. since the lockdown she's had to do virtual classes she's busier now than ever because one Mm. she can still charge the same price but Mm. two it's virtual so she's getting people far and wide joining yeah. her classes like you said you know scotland and things like that because yeah. you can do this from home and do that so yes you're not in the classroom with other mums and that's not great mm. but you can still do your first aid you can still do your baby sensory yeah. um i don't know about me baby massage have you been offered that by the health system so the the baby sensory um included a bit of baby massage in it but would so, that come with your mid um, the health visitor as well though no no Oh really? No, that that was... was something we were offered with Theon. No. But with Ronnie, I've not been offered it. So I've gone, the council have got this project. So if you look online now, guys, to on Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. and look for your local county and search classes, I'm sure there'll be so much available online because they'll have money and funding and things like that to do this. Mm. She's told me, I think she has told me about when page that they have classes available on. I just haven't, I've just, everything that I found, I found on Facebook yeah. or, or Instagram. Yeah. Um, but that is something that if you are going to do it again, new parents or, or people that, that are expecting is baby first aid, get it done because yeah. it's so important. Like I would recommend that for anybody because it's those, it's that initial period of time. And it's how fast you react can, can massively improve oh, yeah. chances I mean, of, I you know, if anything it. goes wrong. Ronnie's coming up to six months, so we're starting to feed her mm. pureed food now. And um, I said, I need to do it again. Let's to keep this down so I don't have to edit too much. I'm going to read out the yes. last question because it's a long one. What advice would you give to any expectant mums listening? And what can they expect to experience whilst in hospital? And what would you suggest they pack in their hospital bag? So it's a long question, but they're relatively short answers yeah. because the only advice that I would say is. It is as it is. Don't get upset about the things that you can't change. Yeah, definitely. And that you've got no control over. Nothing that you will have done will have caused anything If when it comes to do a childbirth. Childbirth is such a mystery still to yeah. everyone involved, including the person giving birth. So it is as it is. Don't get stressed about it. If you can pack in your hospital bag, one of the things, so this is possibly slightly TMI, but you know, hey ho, I packed them. And I'm quite happy with TMI. Go on. <laughs> Portable B day is the first one. Right. 
for your obviously when you if you've um, had a natural birth and you've got tearing and you've got stitches you can yeah, use the portable point. bidet fill it full of warm water when you need to use the toilet and apparently that's really good oh. <laughs> still haven't used mine but it was one of the, the one of the top bits of advice yeah. i got given and the other one is massive pants yeah you're not oh. going to hospital without massive pants i mean yeah. i'm i'm normally a size 12 and i took in size 22 pants they were fantastic yeah. Yeah. So go for the massive pants and don't rely on normal sanitary towels by the maternity pads. <laughs> yeah, but don't go mad either because no, right, don't mad, go mad. you only need them for about a week. I would mm. say mm-hmm. the heavy, heavy bit is the first week. After that, yeah. you can pretty much have the heavy duty sanitary pads, then I would say. Yes. I yeah. You know, I mean, the long ones, you know, because they're really mm. uncomfortable with sanitary pads. They're very thick, massively very dense, but they're needed in the first week. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Massive pants, maternity pants, and portable B day. Yes. Three things. You know what? <laughs> I'm actually going to jump on board here because, as you just said, expect the unexpected have your plan by all means everyone has the wish the wish for a birth you know and both of mine have gone completely the opposite to what I wanted however the second time around I said to Phil because I was having lots of complications I said I'm going to be in for a while and I won't have visitors like last time you're not going to be able to come in and help me so I packed for three days to four days because I just knew something wrong was going to happen I had it in my head but I took my charger and my iPad and I downloaded um, all the apps like iPlayer, um, mm. Prime and things like that because I've been in and out of hospital for two months, I think, before. And yeah. it's a very lonely experience in that hospital. I don't know what it was like where you are. There's an mm. um, amber ward, a red ward and a green ward for the COVID. Mm. So we were took to the Amber Ward. So you were stuck in your bed. You couldn't move. You had your, um, everyone to share one toilet and shower. And oh. then you had your COVID test. And then once it came negative, you moved to the Green Ward where everyone was COVID free. If you had COVID, you went to the Red Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got to the Green Ward, um, say there's six beds, there was only four being used because the middle two couldn't be used. Gosh. And nobody spoke to me. Nobody spoke to each other. They were just fed up, down. You're worried anyway, because obviously we're there because our babies, there's something going wrong, you know. Yeah. But it was yeah, so yeah. lonely. And thank God for technology and FaceTime and things like that. But my advice is take an iPad or a book, whichever you prefer, because Definitely. if you have your baby, newborn babies are beautiful, but they sleep. You know, they cry for the milk, they get fed, and then they sleep for however many hours. hours. Two hours yeah. yeah, two, three hours. So it's a long time on your own, especially if you have a C-section. You can't move yeah. around like you think you might be able to. So that's my piece of advice is download yeah. some programs and just relax while you've got the time if you're in hospital for longer than a day or two. And don't leave if you don't, if you don't, don't have do to. Did. Don't do what I did. You're mad. Totally. 10 yeah. out of 10 did not recommend. No, definitely. <laughs> that's the only benefit I say about being in hospital for a week each time is that it gave me time to deal with the baby blues on my own without people being around I didn't have to deal with visitors this time because when you have a baby they all come around in the yeah. first week um and also I got to recover and deal with the pain like I said I'm good with pain mm. doesn't mean I don't have it I just dealt with it on my own and mm. I prefer that in private I prefer to deal with yeah. the pain in private um so yeah it was definitely 
that was one of the good things about it, I suppose. But yeah, iPads and just, but don't, if you've got, right, next piece, last piece before I go. If you have a C-section and you've taken my advice and you've taken an iPad and you decide you're going to watch programme, watch something. Don't watch One Born Every Minute. Yeah, that. But do you know what I did? I downloaded Peter Kay's Car Share. Have you ever laughed? Have you ever belly laughed when you've had a C-section? I had to ring the woman because I was hurting so badly. I needed painkillers. <laughs> Did you get to the? There's a. I don't Funky know. One. You might. You might have to. You might have to cut this bit. But it's the episode where she gets in the car and she's still rotten from the night before, and she's got. It's the Princess Diana game. Oh yeah, says, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, do you know what? The one that was got me is the monkey one. The monkey one where the monkey's in the back seat with the, with the Elton John glasses. Yes. Races oh, me. I've forgotten about that one. Oh and I was God. like, okay. literally, ha, 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 ha. Because I couldn't laugh because of my stomach. Oh, I did that. Where I got home and I think it was uh, a couple of days after and I can't remember what I laughed at, but I literally just doubled over and I yeah. sat really, really still because I thought I felt something like pop. Yeah, and I thought, oh my god, is that is that my stitches? But it wasn't. It was just something else. So, oh, but yeah. You know what? The reason we finish on that basically is don't laugh if you've had a C-section for at least. Don't laugh if you had a C-section. Don't watch Peter Kay's car share. (laughs) Don't watch One Born Every Minute. Take all the pain relief. Well, thank you so much. Louise is now off to look after Babby and I am. I've got Babby and the dog has popped up as well. So I'm going to go and see to my daughter. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest or visit my website www.theswaneffectmem.com. Thank you. like to be a guest on this show then please get in touch today we're looking for unique stories that will help and benefit other parents listening